Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. She's just that girl. When he's just that guy sitting right next to you in the cubicle. Wait, he he looks like a guy, but stop right there. If you're questioning who somebody is, and you really want to know the answer, have some respect. Have some respect and go have a real heart-to-heart conversation. But as you step into that and you decide to have that conversation, remember, we're all just people. And that's what we're here talking about today on Life Uncloseted, about how we're all people. And whether you're gay, bi, straight, lesbian, or transgender, they're still people. And I feel really blessed that this handsome guy, I'm going to just put it out there because I think he's really handsome. Handsome guy came into my life and we've had some really powerful conversations in a lot of realms. And when I said, I'd really like to have you be the individual to help me talk about transgender remembrance day and what it's all about and how you show up in the world I was really excited that Trevor Boylston said yes to my dress, so to speak, and agreed to come on my podcast. So we're finally making this happen, man. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thanks, Rick. I'm so glad to be here with you today. And I'm so glad you're here too, because this is something that's become pretty close to my heart. When I first started speaking in colleges and universities, it was on a PFLAG panel with a group of other queer individuals and allies and I'm going to be truly you know confessing because people have heard me say this a little bit in the past I struggled with a individual on the panel who was a transgender woman and the only reason I struggled is because Michelle was as tall as I was she was as big boned as I was and She pretty much still represented in my feeble little mind as a very masculine woman. But then as I got to embrace Michelle and got to know her and got to know her wife, and suddenly I'm like, okay, I get why this is such a challenge. So let's talk about being that guy in the cubicle. How do you manage this, man? Because I know this is what you speak on as a professional speaker. And how do you, I, I, I know we can't do this in like the 30 minutes we have, like, okay, how do you manage this? Here we go. 30 minutes, tick tock, tick tock, let's go. But there's a simplicity to how you do this, that as I've gotten to know you, it's just about showing up. Yeah, it's definitely about showing up. And, I, and I'll say to, for a lot of my life, how do I do this? Well, it's because I, I am privileged. And I'll start by saying I, I have multiple areas of privilege. I have white privilege. I I was born into a Caucasian family, a mom and dad, and and my skin is white. Uh, I have male privilege that I've gained through my transition. And I also have passing privilege. I I look like any other guy that's around you, uh, full beard, bald head, you know, kind of short, kind of pudgy. 
but nothing about me reads feminine. So I can walk into a room and everyone says, oh, look, there's that guy over there. So what's allowed me to do this for so long, for so much of my life is I just blended in mm-hmm. uh, and realizing how lucky I am with those abilities has really made me take a look back and see that a, a lot of my LGBT friends and family uh, are not in that same position of privilege. And that gave me the weight of responsibility to say, it's safe for me to stand up and say these things. And it's not always safe for my trans brothers and sisters to do the same. Uh, so really it's, it's uncomfortable to sometimes step out and be the person saying, hey, I'm trans, look at me. I'm gonna tell you about being trans. But at the same time, it's a lot safer for me to be doing it than it is for, for some other folks. It is very unsettling at times that people don't see how unsettling it can be to be a trans individual, especially when you're not passing. Okay. And I hate to say it that way, but I'm going to say it that way to make a point because right there is one of the privileges. There's a lot of people that pass and you would never know. It's kind of like, I always use this example. I can walk down the street and not say a word and carry my big bulky body down the street until I say, girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is going to know. Well, maybe I'll, okay. Maybe what I would say is, damn, he's really hot. And then, okay, the cat's out of the bag, right? But there is so much privilege that comes with white, male, passing, not showing up as gay, not showing up as trans. And then suddenly you're put in this space of, okay, well, but it's easy for you to say, it's easy for you to say, how do you handle that whole thing? Cause I know that happens in our, in our lovely little community. Well, that's easy for you. It's easy for you. How do you go down that path? Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. Um, and it is easy for me in some ways. And I think part of it is acknowledging that, yes, uh, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to put an entry into the oppression Olympics here. My life has been harder than some people. It's been a lot easier than most. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to access medical care that helped with my transition. There's a lot of folks out there that are not that lucky that are either living in areas where medical care is not available or they're living with, uh, with no means to access that care. So, uh, yes, it has been easier for me and acknowledging that is part of, um, part of coming to terms with what I can do to help others that are, that are not in that same position. And those who aren't in that same position is one of the places that I always feel most drawn to. That's the reason I, <clears throat> I've done the work that I do and, and speak when I do speak, because I know that there's a lot of queer men, doesn't matter, trans or whatever, that are struggling with themselves in spaces where they just have to zip the lip. You know, they, they don't dare say anything, you know, and I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day and they're like, well, I don't know why they just don't move. I'm like, really, bitch, really? You think it's just that easy. You just pick up and yeah. Oh, let's go move to the Castro where, you know, rents like $3,500 a month. If you're lucky, right. It's not that simple yet. I wish there was ways to make this simpler, but this is where I feel like you come in. When you speak, and you and I were talking about this off, off the podcast not too long ago, there's a simple essence about just showing up. So why do you feel that you've been able to just like, and I know I'm making this sound a little simpler than it really is, Trevor, so I'm going to confess that. 
but that you do just kind of show up and you talk about this from a perspective of simplicity and realism. Why do you think that has kind of come somewhat natural for you? I think looking at it at the end of the day, we're all just a sack of cells moving along this planet. We're all just people. And to, to borrow from, from your own work, Rick, Rick uh, living unapologetically as my own self uh, is the best way to show up in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not giving people a chance to question my identity, just being honest, this is who I am. Uh, there's the old saying, you can't, you can't be found out if you come out. So just living as authentically as you can uh, in, in your space and giving room for people to ask those awkward questions, I think is, is really been what my, my secret to success is with working with people who aren't familiar with people with transgender experience. It's, it's giving them the permission to say, you know, mistakes are going to happen and that's okay. Language is changing so fast. It's tough to keep up with. I'm here for you to ask those questions. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm putting on that educator hat. So Mm -hmm. if there's something you want to know, ask me, I'll do my best to answer it. You might not always like the answer. I might not always like answering it. uh, But in, in these situations, I'm here for you to ask those questions. And once I started doing that, I started finding deeper connections with the people around me and seeing them open up to other experiences and uh, being able to start down that path as an ally for people that are not in their own shoes. Uh, So just simply existing in the world. And some people say, oh, you're so brave for doing that. And I never thought of it as being brave. I I always thought of it as, well, this is the only way I know how to live because this is who I am. Right. I get that too. You know, you're so brave. You're so courageous. Okay. I get that from like, this is how we as humans sometimes just communicate. Right. And it got to the point where I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that again. I'm just, and I'm not being an ass about it, people, but I'm just like, I'm just living my life. Now, yes, not everybody would probably get up on stage and say, so, you know, for 13 years, I was screwing around, cheating on my wife, trying to get through the day just to make myself be able to survive. But how many of you get through your days just trying to survive? That's when I make the human connection. It's like, okay, you can hate the cheating and all that. That's fine. I get that because that's a human construct. Because say that again, that's a human construct. All of this is very human constructs that we're dealing with here. But when you can start to create the connections, which is what I love about every time I read your bio, I'm like, he's the guy in the cube next to you who brings the every man perspective to working in a corporate environment as a transgender individual. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's so simple. It's so easy to understand. But you just said something too that was really powerful. You said, and I, I, I almost wanted to go. That's like an Oprah moment. That's it. That's it. Let's tweet this. That phrase about you can't come out if you're found out. Is that what you said? Yeah, that was actually uh, that was actually um, uh, in a presentation I heard from the LGBT History Project in Boston. They were doing a, a photo history of. Uh, queer language in Boston and a photo of one of the early pride marches had a sign uh, that someone was holding that said, uh, you can't be found out if you come out. Uh, And it was urging people to come out of the closet. And I just, that really stuck with me as, you know what, you're right. If I'm just, here it is. 
uh, and you you mentioned the 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 guy in the cube next to you that's the, in in my bio and this this whole journey really started for me when one of my coworkers was telling transgender jokes uh, early on in my in my current career uh, and no one no one in the cubicles around us said anything to him about it and I sat at my desk getting angry and and upset and distanced and I found myself finding reasons not to be at my desk and my boss started noticing hey this guy's never at his desk what's the deal. Uh, and I wasn't out to anyone in the company at that time. It was, it was, I was still very new. So I, I didn't really have a, a good feel for how the culture would accept me there. Uh, and, and I realized at one point that I knew what the policies were with HR and I knew what the, what the company's mission statement said and what their values said. And, and I decided, you know what, I don't have to put up with this anymore. I'm, I'm going to say something. So I pulled him into a conference room and I said, you know what, you're, you're hurting people around you with these jokes and you don't even know it. You don't have any idea who around you is trans or who has trans family members. The guy broke down crying. He said, I have a family member who's transitioning and I don't know how to deal with it. Mm. And I deal with things through inappropriate humor. Uh, so I made the decision on the spot to come out to him. And we spent about two hours in that room talking. I let him ask me all the awkward questions he wanted to ask. And at the end of the day, he turned out to be one of my strongest allies and fiercest advocates for LGBT rights in the company. Uh, and he never told another transgender joke within my earshot anyway, after mm. that. Uh, but it really spurred me to see the change in him and to want to make similar changes for maybe other closeted trans folks that were in the company that were hearing similar jokes. Uh, so he unknowingly gave me that that courage to come out and right. to, to be you know it still makes me angry when i think about it his supervisor didn't sure. say anything my supervisor didn't say anything none of the people around us said anything they all laughed uh you know that's really a, a lesson in what's the first thing an ally can do it's you can stand up when you hear stuff like that right yeah stand up speak out it's such a powerful thing and yet what you were just describing in that space of being willing to have the conversation and being willing to take the time. And I remember numerous times on the panels on PFLAG, and it wasn't just my friend, Michelle, you know, now folks, I'm saying my friend, Michelle, I was like petrified of, I kept fucking that up every time I was like, well, he, and I'm like, no, it's she. And okay, Rick, stop. Just don't, you're not going to speak on a panel again. And I turned down a few panels and I'm like, I, I don't want to go back because until I get this in my head straight, until I sat down and, Michelle has been on my podcast and we've had numerous times we were on stage together. And I said, okay, I know I'm not transphobic. I know that's not it. My, my brain's not quite working right with this. And we had such a beautiful conversation around it because I, A, was willing to step into the conversation and B, she was willing to be there with me. And I truly believe this is part of the challenge with us as a LGBTQ community is people don't feel invited sometimes to come in and have the conversation. And we on the reverse don't invite people to come have the conversation. I've learned in my own journey, the more I invite people into the conversation in the, I hate to say in the correct way, but in a way that makes them feel safe, just like we want to feel safe then they can ask the questions. You know, I remember sitting on all these panels with college students because, you know, college students, they want to know everything, right? <laughs> they, want to, they want to know about, is the junk still there between the legs? I'm like, what does that have to do with it? 
I know you're fascinated by it. I get it. But what does that have to do with anything? But yet when we could have a real conversation and there were times that I did the panels like solo. So I was playing the lesbian, the gray, the trans. I was doing the whole <laughs> thing, right? But it was a beautiful opportunity for me to sit there and say, so let me just kind of clue you into something. How would you feel if somebody said to you, so are those boobs real? Do you have a vagina? Does, does that vulva still work? How would you feel? And that always got the students really, even the students in the sexuality class, it got them like really uncomfortable, right? But don't you think that a lot of this comes from fear, lack of education, and because we've been so socialized that anything to do with all of this that makes us sexual and gender people is what we've never been educated very well on to how to do this socially. Absolutely. Uh, and I think you're, you're hitting on a good point right there with uh, sexual people. And I think what a lot of people forget is talking about sexual orientation and gender identity is not talking about sexual habits and sexual practices. So when people say, oh, I don't want to hear about your sexual orientation at work, when they talk about their wives and their kids and their their families, they don't realize that they are talking about their sexual orientation at work. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there with yep. the, the language that we're using even. And, and with language evolving as fast as it, as it is, I can understand it's intimidating. I want to go back to something you said a little while ago, creating a safe space. And I, I want to flip that a little bit and talk about not a safe space, but a brave space. When we're in a safe space, we're not making ourselves uncomfortable. We're not growing, we're not learning. When we're in a brave space, we're coming together to really have that conversation and acknowledging that it might be uncomfortable and it might be scary, but we're in it together. So I really encourage to, to stop thinking about safe spaces and start thinking about brave spaces and how we can make a, a place for brave conversations. I love that because every one of us, <laughs> Every one of us, regardless of gender identity, sexuality, any of this stuff, if you're obese, you need a place to be brave. If you're of a person of color, you need a place you can be brave. If you're not the smartest person or believe you're not the smartest person, you need a place you can be brave. Oh, and then by the way, if you're queer, <laughs> lesbian, bi, trans, all that, you want some place that you can be brave. And one of the things that I learned about myself as I started to continue to like come out of the closet, which is a never ending journey. So let's just put that out there too, as we're talking about all of this in transgender day of remembrance, you never stop coming out. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. Now that doesn't mean that every time I go somewhere, it's like, Hey, by the way, I'm gay. No, but there's going to be stuff that shows up. And in that moment you get, to choose to be brave and courageous or not, and not knocking if you don't, because there's certain places I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to invest this energy. It's not worth my time. But that bravery piece, especially for transgender individuals, is why there's a transgender day of remembrance in my mind. They need that bravery. They need that courage. And they didn't make it through that space. So as somebody that falls in that community, what does Transgender Day of Remembrance mean for you? I'm just curious, Trevor. Well, it's, it's, it's a tough day. And early in my transition, uh, I, I didn't know anything about 
transgender day of remembrance and, and my, my girlfriend at the time uh, brought me to a trans service in Boston. And this was mid 2000s. Um, and we stood out on Boston Common holding candles and reading from cards that talked about the people who had been killed in the past year because of their perceived gender identity. And the card that I was given was a young child that was beaten to death by his father because he wasn't man enough at the age of six. And mm. it has always stayed with me. I'm getting a little teary-eyed right now, even thinking about it. Uh, but I started looking into it more and really paying attention over the years. And it's, it's you know, Trans Day of Remembrance was started after the murder of a transgender woman in Boston, a transgender woman of color. And that murder was never solved. And since the HRC has been tracking violence against transgender people, uh, last year, 2020, was the deadliest year on record for transgender people in America with 44 people killed. Uh, in 2021, we've already reached 35. That's mm. pretty much a person a week, a transgender person a week. And the overwhelming majority of those people are transgender women of color. Mm. Uh, it's, it's an intersection of underprivileged identities that are already thrust into a violent world. And unfortunately, many of them will not be solved. And we know, that's 35 that we know about in the US. There are so many more that we don't because they go underreported, because the media misgenders them, because their parents want to hide their identities if they're still in contact at the time yep. of their deaths. So we have a lot of work to do, even recognizing how many victims uh, of violence there are in a year for transgender people. Uh, there, there aren't the same protections uh, for trans people right now across the country that there are for other uh, minority groups. We're, we're still talking about discrepancies in housing, in, in jobs, in healthcare. We know, we know Biden uh, is uh, advocating for equal treatment yep. under the law. However, there's, there's still a long way to go. And even with legislation in place, it doesn't change the culture overnight. It's not going to change the hearts of the people overnight. And that takes stories one at a time, uh, getting out there and creating awareness. And uh, a trans day of opportunity is a sober day. You know, many, many people think of the gay community, they think of pride and they think of festival and they think how fun it is without really understanding the history of the Christopher Street Day March and the Stonewall riots or the Compton Inn. Um, in uh in california they they see the happy but they they turn their eye away from from the sad from the serious and the sad and the serious is why our community has come together in the first place to to really be able to be out uh, as who we are uh so trans day of remembrance is is a day to be sad and to be somber and to be serious and to spread that message of this violence is happening and it's happening disproportionately to women of color. Um, but again, so that bring, that takes us back to your your comment earlier of how privileged you feel, you know, because again, if you and I were walking down the street together, they just see us as two guys, two bald guys, two bald like stocky chubby guys then you'd probably lose some weight and go to the gym so let's just go there okay <clears throat> of course we probably could just kick their ass and go okay we, we're done with you now now move on but um it it is one of those things that i think about many times you know regardless of how the media may try to take his places and 
try to do good and I'm not going to get into misrepresentation and all that stuff in certain shows because that's we can go down that path too but what's here for two weeks yes exactly but what I find most disconcerting about this whole thing is it's just a continued extension of but they're not human and they don't deserve to be human and I remember not long ago and it still exists but not long ago it was just gay people in general that need to be moved off to an island and you know da, 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 da. i still know there's those who would like to still see all of us go move off to an island i'm like well y'all go move to an island we'll just stay here and we'll take over you know the us and we'll get it back on track but um or the world actually yeah you guys just move to another planet we'll just revamp the world into a beautiful a couple place. islands that i wouldn't mind moving yeah. on i mean there's this fire island there's hawaii you know there's, there's a few that i would go to true exactly exactly so maybe we will take over the islands and, and you bitches can't come visit anymore on your cruise <laughs> ships either so um but it's very disconcerting when the loss of being human is what's getting in the way you know because you've got you got in march i believe it's march transgender day of visibility and then you have in november here transgender day of remembrance and it's great because they're kind of celebrating observing both spectrums but when did this have to become the human way that's what's scary and i know we're not the only cultures that have gone through this we've got our you know our you know our brothers and sisters of color who are battling this shit all the time but as you do the work that you're doing what happens when they're like okay well (laughs) Who are you? You're a guy that looks like a guy. Da, 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 da. Do you ever come up against that where they're like, you need to shut up because you, you you don't suffer everything that you're talking about? No, I've never had anyone say it quite like that. Uh, you know, I, I, and most of most of the people that I'm talking to are corporate audiences. Uh, a lot of the people that I talk to are from a similar background as me. They're white. They're a lot of times male. They're executives. Uh, or they're middle-class uh, folks that maybe have some sort of, you know, maybe a gay uncle somewhere. So they're, they're aware, but not really on board yet. Um, right. So uh, I think for me, the, the approach is um, I'm, I'm not so far from their own circle of familiarity uh, that they're uncomfortable around me. So I can start to socialize and normalize the idea of transgender people as people and we're just your neighbors we're your friends your family uh so i think starting with those small steps and drawing them out into that circle of awareness is the first action to take to get them to say hey wait a minute another transgender woman of color was killed this week no 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 we we need to we need to do something right um and that's that's not always an easy place for people to go uh, and it's okay. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Uh, there are, there are people that live with that fear every single day and they, they can't take it off at night and, mm-hmm. and shut down their computer and, and ignore it. It's, right. it's their lives. So those of us that have the privilege to do that, have the responsibility to help make it better for those who can't. Amen. And amen. It's interesting because I remember some of these conversations throughout the years when I was speaking on the panel a lot and we'd get to this space where, okay, so what do you want us to do? You know, there's always the college students like, okay, I'm going to get the A in the class. I'm going to add this to be, well, what would you like us to do? <laughs> well, first of all, not ask stupid questions like that. <laughs> not that it's a stupid <laughs> question, but you know, it's kind of like, well, 
and I was always like, I was, you know, if, if one of my panel members wasn't quick to the wit, which I tried to be on the panels that we were all really quick with like, okay, we can come back really quickly and stuff. I would actually say to them, well, if this was your brother, your sister, your mother, or your father, what would you do? Of course, then I zip it. I'm like, okay, we'll wait. <laughs> we'll let the silence get really <laughs> uncomfortable here because that's why we do this, right? And it's such an interesting thing to see over the years, the different responses. You know, I always love the ones like, well, none of my family members would ever be this. <laughs> really? Hmm. Well, I hope you don't have kids because you know what? You just told the universe to like deliver you a lovely little transgender child. <laughs> so that you can have this experience bitch um no i shouldn't say it like that but that's kind of how i felt i always got excited about that i'm like oh i just love this i'm probably gonna lose listeners right now because like god rick really is a bitch at times <laughs> oh well i just kind of call it like it is you know but what is some of the stuff that you you've seen where it's like okay here comes that question and then uh, there's got to be those questions you're like really hold on let me check oh yeah this is 12,234 times I've heard this question right <laughs> what do you do in that case where you're like okay I just I can't believe here we go again because it's so contrived in some ways but what do you do in those situations Trevor we always get the I always get the what can we do to be better allies it's always given given a question so yeah. uh you know I, I always like to say well start by doing your own research don't don't depend on your coworkers and your gay family members to be wikipedia of all things lgbt because that's not their job and it's exhausting uh so so i can point you to some reputable websites the hrc p flag out and equal uh good places to start um probably try to avoid Newsmax and OAN. I don't know if I can say that on here, but uh, <laughs> those are those are not reputable sources of LGBT news. Um, so do your own research, sit with it, be uncomfortable, um, and understand that along with record-breaking murders of transgender people in the US this year, this is also a record-breaking year of legislation being introduced that is anti-LGBT. Yep. Uh, everything from, hey, we're not going to let trans six-year-olds play on sports teams right up through we don't want trans people adopting kids uh right up through we don't want you to have the right to exist in space eh. so uh, learn what legislation is going through in your state uh and do what you can write to your senators write to your local representatives get involved with local politics if that is your uh your comfort zone for being involved. Some people are comfortable with it. Other people would rather sit in the background and, and that's okay too. We need, we need people on all fronts to, mm -hmm. um, to have this conversation, uh, but get involved, volunteer at your local LGBT center. Uh, you know, for states that have these transgender and LGBT medical bans that say it's okay to transport a police dog, but we can turn down taking care of an LGBT person. Tell those medical centers that's not okay, that yep. they took a Hippocratic oath to take care of people. Uh, you know, look for anything that is writing, you know, and, and nothing against religious freedom, but when you're using religion as a weapon mm -hmm. to hold other people back, that's not religion uh, and that's not faith. And try and have some grace with those people that don't understand that yet. Uh, try and bring them along the journey with you. It's you're not going to change all hearts and all minds, but invite them to the table to have those conversations. If it needs to be one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and if you can do that as an ally, so that your transgender 
family member doesn't have to have that conversation, uh, that is an enormous weight off their shoulders. Uh, so helping them carry the burden when they can't carry it for themselves. I, I, I like to say allies are there to speak when we can't speak for ourselves or when it's not safe for us to speak for ourselves. And a lot of times the allies are in our lives aren't even aware of when those situations are happening. So uh, put on your active listening ears and pay attention. Uh, what you might think of as nothing is, is something that might be a big deal to a trans or LGBT person in your life. Specifically, and I'm not discounting the rest of the alphabet of the letters in our community, but I just feel like it's really important to do that for transgender individuals because the misconceptions are so huge of what it means to be transgender. You know, okay, I'm gay. Okay, so that means I like guys. Great. Okay, I like penis. Fine. Let's just go there, right? Lesbian. Okay, vaginas. That's what I want, right? Go there. Bisexual. Okay, fine. You can say they're confused. I'm going to hit you if you say that in front of me. Cause I'm going to be <laughs> like, no, they just like it both. And lucky for them, they get the whole freaking buffet. So good for them. And they're not going to gain any weight because of it, but it's the other piece that frustrates me because you have to, and I'm saying that like, literally you have to go do the homework. If you're ever going to break through into understanding transgender. And I know we're kind of preaching to the choir because a lot of the people who listen to this, but surprisingly, a lot of people listen to this podcast. They're like, okay, I am trying to understand. I'm trying to figure this all out. The more, and I know I've joked a lot and we both kind of joked a little bit around this and I've been kind of a bitchy queen today on this show, but this really gets me riled up. If you don't go do the research, it's kind of like, you're going to vote for that candidate. Did you do the research before you voted for that candidate? Did you really know what you voted for? Don't cry to me then when crazier things have happened and suddenly somebody's leading the country that really shouldn't be. It's the same thing. Do not make any assumptions about transgender individuals and why they are the beautiful people that they are and the torture and everything they go through in their own minds. I went through it as a gay man and it, in my perspective, it's not anything close to what you have gone through, Trevor. And I know we don't even know each other that well, but I've been around enough transgender individuals to know it's just like, who am I? Why am I here? And this doesn't look right. And it doesn't feel right. And so I'm really inviting even our own community that may be listening to this today, please quit getting bent out of shape or thinking you know better about what it means to be transgender until you've stood a day in their shoes. That's kind of the way I feel about it. So what's one thing you'd love to leave the audience with at this point, Trevor? Cause I know you do these talks and trainings and you're a beautiful man. That's living your life as a trans man, which I hate to even say, but as a guy who happens to be trans, who's also a father and he, he works at a really nice place and, you know, he'd done some amazing stuff, but what would be something you'd love to leave as we close out here today? Oh, be nice to each other. Be kind. Uh, we're all in this journey together and we have a few short years to live. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the platinum rule, treat others as they want to be treated. If there's someone in your life who is struggling with their gender identity, ask them what they want to use for pronouns. It might be he, he this week. It might be they next week. Uh, you know, it, it, but take it, take their word and take that to heart and just love them. 
yeah. love them for who they are. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to know more about working with transgender people or how you can help them uh, acclimate into your organizations, uh, I'd be happy to continue that conversation with you anytime. And what's the best way people could get in touch with you, man? Oh, they can reach out to me directly at connect at trevorboylston.com and uh, visit me on my website at trevorboylston.com. That's awesome. And we'll have all those links and everything. You know, when I asked that question, what something you were going to leave with us, I was like, give us a really good recipe, man. I mean, uh, it's late. It's almost <laughs> dinner time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I loved what you said. And I'm so glad that we were brought together and that we could have this conversation because it's, it's one of the things that's closest to my heart, even though I'm not trans, I have enough trans people in my world. And I always think about what would happen if I lost one of them, you know, because it's more, it's more of a real, I, I mean, I worry about younger generation, like coming out and they finally like say, okay, this, it's not worth it to even try to be queer in any shape or form, but there's just certain things about being trans that it's just too prevalent to not be around anymore. So thank you again, my friend, for showing up and being you and being part of this podcast and helping us honor Transgender Day of Remembrance. So thank you a bunch. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, and yes, uh, you know, check out any of the Trans Day of Remembrance uh, ceremonies that might be happening in your area. Yes, please do. So, and go out there, everybody, and continue to live your life. No fears, no excuses, and no apologies for being who you are. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.